world is yours, DJ, world premiere, the boy wonder. Peace, kings. Today we here with Dante, and we here to talk this Marvel talk. Y'all know I listen to a lot of podcasts, and a lot of y'all's DC podcasts, and they're pretty good. Um, but I watched the movies. I read the comic books as a kid. I mean, the summertime used to be crazy in my house. Uh, huge, huge, huge Marvel fan. Uh, I still think DC got some good movies out there, but that's a different conversation. Uh, but today we're going to break down some Marvel talk. Dante, how you doing, sir? Good. How about you, man? I'm doing good, man. Uh, we got some new heat that dropped today. It's been it's been a quiet year for the Marvel folks outside of what's been premiering on Disney. For sure. But we got some new heat dropping today, so talk to us about the Eternals trailer. I got some mixed feelings about it, but I think you can drop the science for some people that aren't that deep into the Eternals. Yeah, so the Eternals trailer dropped the other day. You know, I saw a lot of pushback. A lot of people said, you know, look boring. Some people, you know, well, basically nobody knows who the Eternals are. I didn't know until like, well, I say like two years ago. So basically, if you've ever watched the show Ancient Aliens, that's all you need to know. It's basically Ancient Aliens mixed with Game of Thrones, mixed with the MCU. So Ancient Aliens, the, the idea is that uh, in the beginning of civilization, humanity had no idea. You know, we was just banging rocks on walls and, you know, you know, hitting each other in the head with clubs and stuff. And then aliens showed up and kind of pushed society pushed basically pushed us to civilize and you know gave us little tools here and there to kind of get civilization going like for like my my instagram is is literally aliens built the pyramids because you know that's basically the whole idea eternals is that but with marvel so in the trailer you know you see like the tribal people on the coast just kind of walking around and then the spaceship pops up that's what it is so they came to earth thousands of years ago before humanity was even a real thing, you know, when we were just cavemen and they're eternal, they live forever. So all throughout history, they're watching us. They're influencing when they need to, when, when humanity is not progressing, they might show up and throw us, you know, and during a stone age, they might show up and throw bronze at us. Now we in the bronze age, you know, when we can't get electricity popping, they show up. They might show you how to, you know, generate power. So they're like the comic book versions of Greek mythology. That's what the Eternals are. Yes. They got old girls named Fina. They got an Icarus. And they got a little fast running motherfucker around here. Look yeah. like Flash. So almost every character represents a god. So like even if you ever watch Ancient Aliens, most of the gods, they're all they're all kind of the same across different cultures. They just have different names. The Eternals are like that too. Like they've been, they're supposed to just watch and not interfere. But obviously, at some point, they all interfere and they all get reputations and they all get turned into mythological gods. So, like um, Athena, she's the goddess of, uh, I forget, I want to say war or something like that. Yeah. She was in that action. I would assume. So, like in the trailer, you see her handing somebody a dagger. So, obviously, during history, there was two fighting groups and she probably showed up. And said, here is a weapon. Here's how you fight, you know. So basically, each Eternal has interfered in some way throughout history. And they gained a reputation. And they basically built 
the idea of what a god is, just kind of like Thor. Like Thor and Odin, they've been around in the Norse mythology came out of people experiencing them. So the movie is just going to span thousands of years. It's going to be us watching them basically create civilization as we know it today. And then the idea is that the people who created them, the um, celestials, every just like um, how we had like Noah's Ark and the Great Flood and every culture has that same flood that's supposed to wipe out humanity. The celestials come back to Earth to see how humanity is done. They don't like it. They want to wipe out humanity. And the Eternals have to stop it because they fall in love with humans. Now, so, my man's daddy was a celestial. I remember yeah, that shit. Star-Lord, uh, yeah. yeah, Star-Lord. His daddy, Kurt Russell, from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. He was a celestial. He had some dope shit going on. He fucking... He did whatever the fuck he wanted to do. Uh, so, is he going to make an appearance in the joint, or... I doubt it. I wouldn't like I, I could like with the part of the movie, the beginning of the movie is probably going to like just be lots of scenes like moving through time real quick. So I might show some stuff when humanity first started, might show some stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if we see them helping um, Africans build the pyramids. And then we, you know, we move to, you know, Greece and Pompeii. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point maybe we see some people from history, but I don't. I don't think they're bringing Kurt Russell in. That was my guy. They took him out like a sucker. Uh, his son was a sucker, so it all made sense. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows, I think, how I feel about Star-Lord has been posted on many Reddit pages. Uh, I got a huge beef with Star-Lord off of... Uh, and just, in, just in general, fam. I don't like his fucking leather jacket. Like I, I hate like him. Cool. Yeah, I hate him that much. I hate his leather jacket. Like, I hate his fucking... Like, go to Jurassic Park, fam. Stick with that franchise. Don't fuck up Marvel. Uh, So, are we hype about... Are we hype about the Eternals? Are we... I've been hype about it. It was supposed to come out uh, November last year. Because, um, actually, you remember uh, when they fired James Gunn? Yeah, because he said that shit. Yeah, so... <laughs> Guardians was supposed to come out last year in November, but they switched it with Eternals and they pushed Guardians back, you know, a couple of years. But and and actually, this is another thing. So the director of Eternals is Chloe Zhao. She is the director of a movie called Nomadland, which just won Best Picture at the Oscars, like right now. So there's Nomadland. Yeah. So like this ain't like they they're pushing this as like their big movie, like their Oscar movie. They're like, they're not like, they serious about it. There was, um, I was watching some, some YouTube interviews, a couple of Marvel producers. They think this is like the best movie that they've ever made. So like, I don't think there's going to be like a big action spectacle, but I think it's going to be like, like the acting and the visuals is going to be like a good film, like a good, you know, like quality movie. What's the bad rap with, comic book movies that they never get you never see like the comic book joan on the award show up for like a real award they get the special effects joints like i think the motherfuckers that did avatar they're fucking eating cereal every morning with the damn award on the table like they got that many of them but you never see like you never see my man steve rogers out here for fucking best supporting actor 
Yeah. <laughs> you never you never get like, oh shit, best stunt. Well, no, they get the best stunt joints too sometimes, but a lot of it they can't because of CGI. So like why they hating on why they hating on the superhero movies like they're not like it's not a real genre. Yeah, they've been doing that for a minute. I think it's because those movies started out, you know, in the 80s and the 90s, they were kind of jokes, you know, like we had Batman 89. We had uh, what do we have? I don't even know. We had, you know, Spider-Man like they weren't like the quality of acting, the quality of direction. It wasn't there. Now it is. So that's why we seeing uh, what was it? Logan got best screenplay that one year. That was huge for comic book movies. And obviously it didn't win. Black Panther got best picture. That was huge. That uh, the next year, we got Joker actually won Best Actor. So, I think going forward, they're going to be less weird about it. So we might see more, but it. I can't. I can't put Joker in there. I can't. I can't put Joker in there. You see it as a serious film. It's a really good movie, and that's what that's what people are going to be doing about every uh, comic book movie. It's a really good movie, but I just can't. I just can't put it in the category. Like even when I talk like DC's best movies, I don't even rank it because to me it's not like yeah, it's, it's titled cool. Joker. It's it's probably the best origin story for Joker. Him and fucking Bruce Wayne got the same daddy. Cool shit, love it. But I just can't classify it as a hero movie, even though it was focused strictly on the villain, the whole John. I just can't, I just can't put it in that category. I don't know why. That's I think that's that's the same thing that the Oscar people were going through. Like they saw it, they didn't see it as a comic book movie. They saw it as just a nice artistic film. And I think once we can stop doing that and we can look at every movie that way, then we'll see more. Uh, like award nominations. Like I think when Eternals drops, it's going to be just like Joker. Like they're not going to see this as like a superhero movie. They're going to see this as like an art spectacle about the history of humanity and, you know, them saving the world. But, but we'll see. I like it. Might change, might change the pace. Yeah. Well, you on the pod. So I got to give you the same treatment. I give everybody that comes to visit the pod. Team cap or team Tony. Who are you riding with? So this is a deep question because I think this is this is more like, are you an anti-establishment or are you <laughs> are you like a you a cop basically? <laughs> so, so I'm I'm 100 team cap like what 100 team cap like you like yeah they killed a lot of people they were they they were, they were doing things the wrong way but that's still safer. Then, like he said in the movie, he's like, the safest hands are still our own. Like, it's it's still safer for them to be the ones making decisions instead of having to wait for the government to come together and make a decision on whether or not they should act or not. But I do understand the Iron Man side that, like, they were causing lots of destruction, millions, probably billions and trillions of dollars of destruction Lots of loss of life because of how recklessly they, you know, did things. But just that conversation in itself at the table with Vision and everybody, I'm sure like if they would have all agreed to not sign the accords, they still going forward would have been more careful when they went to destroy stuff, you know, when they went to save the world. Damn. 
<laughs> and the best, the best shit, the best shit Tony said, like, even Cap said it. He was just like, oh, man, this sounds like a German guy pushing people around. It sounds like something I experienced. Like, the shit, the shit that Cap was trying to do, he was reckless. He was reckless. That's true. The, the motherfucker's name is Captain America. He's out here, different countries. Every time he show up somewhere, shit get broke. That's true. He is a government employee by name. So how could he not want some type of structure, some type of safety, some type of a strong foundation? Like, you can go out there, you can negotiate once you sign the motherfucker, but you got to sign it first. Like, that was the whole beef, and it was like, my man Tony was just like, hey, look, we blew some shit up. We dropped the building on a kid. He just graduated. He was like, he was out there helping people. We dropped the building on this motherfucker. We need somebody to check us. We need somebody to tell us you can't be everywhere at once. We need structure. We need order because we're not good at doing this shit ourselves. And that's true. Um, I think because like true, like Captain America is a soldier. He is he's an employee of the military. Like there's something above a captain. I'm sure. Like, I don't know the ranks, but you know, I'm sure there's something above a captain. Yeah, general, uh, some shit. Yeah. yeah. The problem is he just went through winter soldier. He was that guy who believed in, in the establishment and, in following orders until he saw people following orders at shield. And then, you know, Hydra, you know, came through and they were all these people that he trusted and, you know, was close to following shield order, following Hydra orders, you know, and killing people and doing, you know, the wrong thing. So because of what he went through with Winter Soldier, he didn't trust the establishment anymore. So I feel like if if Civil War would have happened with pre-Winter Soldier kept, he might have signed it. But when, after Winter Soldier, no, he wasn't messing with it. I think that's a cop-out. And here, here's why I think that's a cop-out. Because that's a good argument. Like, yo, he just went through all this shit, especially this shit with Hydra. So he knows no no company is safe, right? No, no organization is safe because Hydra can infiltrate anything. And that's important. But he knew, he knew his man killed Tony's people. He knew it. Yeah. He, he ain't speak on it before the movie. He ain't speak on it during the movie when he's chasing the motherfucker down. <laughs> and all he had to do, all he had to do is pull him aside and be like, yo, I'm on this, I'm on this side quest. And I got uh I'm trying to hunt down my man with a metal arm and shit. He might he killed mad people. He got a long track record. He killed your peoples. Yeah, so I'm trying to find them to keep him off the streets. <laughs> he didn't do none of that shit. So that's that's my whole point. It's like you Cap know. is fucking he's about his business when it benefits him, but he'll never cease. And this is the shit that I say that's flawed with the super soldier program because they wanted that the super soldier serum program. They wanted that motherfucker that will fall on the grenade, that'll fucking sacrifice everything, make the best play possible for the team. But they got this fucking nerd. <laughs> they got this fucking nerd with connections. So he's always going to put any of his connections before the business. 
no saying, matter what, every time. Soldier with like no no love for nobody, just a straight soldier. Almost, almost. He needs love for his purpose. His purpose is the job, right? So he needs love for that. Cap got lucky because the only two people he knew from his time, they fucking live forever. So what do you do with Peggy when she passed away? He made it to the funeral. In the middle of the fucking Zakovian Accords, he leaves. I was like, yo, I'm out. Like, the last time I did that, I had a whole side family out in West Virginia. And I just, hey, it's Thanksgiving, I'm out. <laughs> like, that's exactly the look on Cap's face. I was like, yo, I'm out. And then he goes to the funeral, right? So Bucky's the only other motherfucker that's from his era. And he's just like, Bucky's out here getting busy, getting to it. They're taking pictures of him. I'm out. I'm going to go find my man. Then what's he going to do? He's going to go protect this man. He's going to put the whole mission, everything that if Bucky was on the other side of that shit, I promise you, he signs the accords. If Bucky was out here with the pen, like, yo, this is it. This is the new wave. Like me and you, we can team up. We can do whatever, whatever, sign the accords. Cap does it because he puts the personal shit before the business and what they wanted was they wanted somebody that had human factor but that shit that's just a double-edged sword yeah it helps you in war but it also is a distraction it also can pull you away from the actual mission and i think um part of that is he went in the ice you know he was in there for 70 years he came out he didn't think that he had anybody so for him to find bucky alive that was huge for him. Like that's cause he's a man out of time. Like he is in a whole different world. Bucky so for Bucky, his ass. Bucky was the only thing that he knew of that was still there from his past. Like his parents are dead. All his friends are dead. You know, Peggy was old and re and got married. Bucky was that only thing. So he, I think, yeah, he did put that, you know, Bucky, put dog, Bucky dogged him out for 35 minutes straight. <laughs> On DVD in front of people, in front of the hoes. Everybody got to see it. That shit was sad. That's another thing. They, ne- they never had Bucky be as cool as he was in those movies. Like, once he became good, he was just like, eh. Like, his fighting scenes aren't even that cool anymore. They toned Bucky down. When, yeah. when I watched Nigger Bird, they toned <laughs> Bucky down. Like, he was not the same Bucky. I, I shouldn't have seen regular people or half super soldier people take it to Bucky. Metal arm or not, I know he's, oh, yeah, I don't use the metal arm because I'm right-handed. Like, fam, it's a metal arm. Yeah, I seen him with a Uzi on his back. He had, like, 17 guns on him at one time. And now he's just out here butt-naked with a Glock. (laughs) And everybody got assault rifles, and he with Sam. Yeah. Uh, But my thing is, Tony, Tony did, Tony did, Ever since Avengers 1, where him and Cap had that conversation yeah. on the ship before uh, before Hawkeye crashed it while he was still under mind control. Ever since they had that conversation and Cap was just like, yo, you not the motherfucker that's going to lay on the line. You not going to lay on the electrical cord and take the hit for everybody. Like, that's not you. That's me. 
And Tony was just like, yeah, I would just cut the cord because I'm smarter than you. <laughs> so he said some smart ass shit. But ever since then, Tony has been what Captain America wants to be. Yeah, the one that sacrifices. Yeah. He pulls out the clutch plays every time. No question. He does the John. He takes the missile up into the wormhole. Yeah, he he, comes- yeah, good point. Yeah, I forgot about that. He did it that movie. Yeah, he did it that movie. He did it Avengers 2, he did it. Um well he kind of fucked up Avengers 2. He made he made Ultron, but <laughs> but he ain't mean to. And he, he was ready to fix it. Uh but I mean like the shit with him fighting Hulk in Wakanda or wherever it was in Africa, him fighting Hulk, like that kind of motivated him more than the building crushing old boy in Zakovia. Because he knows, like, yo, when we're out here and we're trying to save the world, we fuck some shit up. And we need somebody to, number one, fix our fuck-ups. Number two, sponsor us going to your country. Because if Nebraska's got some beef, and I go to Nebraska because the governor of Nebraska told me to go there, they're not going to be that mad that I broke some shit when I was out there. Because they invited me to fix this. And they know that's that's the type of nigga I am. I'm gonna break a building. I'm gonna knock some shit down. I'm gonna fuck your parking lots up. You gonna have traffic for a couple days. I might kill a kid or two, but hey, it's part of the game. So Tony was just like, "We need this." And then after after he got past that, <laughs> I swear, after he got past that in Civil War, Tony gets past it. He's like, "You know what?" I see we was being manipulated. Baron Zemo's out here fucking shit up. It's like 10 super soldiers. Oh, man. I got to keep you motherfuckers off the streets. Like, yo, Cap, let's stop this shit. It's like, oh, shit. Let me show you Cap's man killing your peoples. Yeah, that's another argument people have is like, do you feel they? a lot of people feel that Zemo was inconsequential in the movie because they feel like the argument about the Zakovia Accords was going to cause them to fight regardless. So, like, do you think that some people think Zemo's plan to get them to beef over Bucky, it was it, like they were going to beef anyway because of the Zakovia Accords? Like, do you think that's right or not? I think Zemo is, and this is like the perfect point because this is a great segue, but I think Zemo is nearly the flawless villain nearly the flawless villain he is a mastermind you have a lot of villains like bane like absorbing man like fucking abomination that's muscle right muscle can be turned against you i can turn muscle against you in the blink of an eye emotion i can turn against you because they operate off of anger and fear but but a mastermind motherfucker like you didn't see Baron Zemo he lift a finger the whole movie all he did was hey I hung this old motherfucker upside down put him in the sink drowned him got some answers got those answers I I set a bomb off a EMP off ninety miles away from where I was gonna be so that I could take over some shit true mastermind I'm gonna get everybody to do my dirt for me. I'm going to manipulate the whole situation. So I think Baron Zemo, people say he was inconsequential. I think he was a perfect contrast to the typical Marvel villain that we experienced so far. Because at that point, 
what you got was Ultron. What you got was Loki. And Loki had an army, so Loki's army was, guess what? Muscle. You had Thor. His villain was a big-ass metal machine. You had Captain America uh, in his first movie. In his first movie, the, and Iron Man also, their first movie, your villain is always going to be somebody whose powers match your powers. That's every superhero movie. I don't know what that is in the recipe. I wish they would stop it. Yeah, um, they're slowing down a little bit with it. But it's cool because an origin movie, you don't want to truly test the limit of your powers. So, hey, let me put you against a motherfucker who matches your shit. Like, hey, y'all motherfuckers neutralize each other, and you got to really outsmart one another. You got to fucking get lucky, catch a motherfucker with their shoes untied, and push them off the cliff or something crazy like that. Yeah. Uh, so here's my shit about villains. I got ooh, I I've been talking about villains for a real, real long time. Uh, I love bad guys. It's not just because I'm black. I know black people have this fucking stereotype that we root for the bad guys in every movie. We love the fucking mob people. Like we love Goodfellas. We love Casino. We love The Godfather, and that's because it's the bad guys winning. But that's not what it is. We love bad guys because the villains get the better dialogue. They get the better sense of urgency. They get a better sense of purpose. They're motivated by something, and they discuss it freely. And you don't get that from the good guys. So when you watch, uh, when you watch Batman and you see Joker, and it's Heath Ledger's Joker. He's just like, yo, look, <laughs> I just like to come out here and fuck shit up. <laughs> <laughs> I burned money. I burned a pyramid of money because money ain't shit to me. I just like to know that I can make Batman break his rules whenever the fuck I want to. And he said the shit real cool and the shit was cinematic. He has a little purple suit on. And he was just like, yo, the town needs a better type of bad guy. So Y'all can go to jail. I'm out here because I'm better than y'all. Bane. Bane came through and said, yo, every now and then we come through, we check Gotham out. Gotham ain't never shit when we come through. So we do something to shit on Gotham, make them reset their population. <laughs> I'm here for that. <laughs> hey, guess what? Y'all whack, y'all rich. Y'all spending y'all money wrong. Hey, I'm going to blow up this football stadium real quick. Y'all can't leave the city. I'm cutting the bridges up. And and Bane talked his shit. Ultron came through and said, yeah, this Avenger shit is cool, but like I got access to the whole internet. And Ultron did what he does. What what, what Ultron said? Hey, can't break a, can't make an omelet without breaking a couple of eggs. Like, Ultron had cool speeches. All the bad guys... Thanos, he opens the movie. Ebony Ma is speaking. Ebony Ma is talking that shit. And he was a black preacher in the comic book. Because <laughs> he was Black Ma. I don't know why they called him Ebony Ma and related him to a porno uh, category. But Ebony Ma in the movie is what he is. Ebony Ma starts the movie out. Hear ye, hear ye. Children of Thanos are here. <laughs> and he's talking that shit. He gives this long speech saying how you should be thankful 
for being killed by Thanos. And Thanos starts the movie off with, I know what it's like to lose. God damn, that's a bar. <laughs> God damn. I know what it's like to lose. He starts, mm. So the bad guys have to work harder. The villains have to work harder in their dialogues and their monologues because that's what makes you understand what they're doing. They're not just bad guys. Hey, I'm robbing the bank to get money so I can be richer than everybody else because eventually you're going to spend that money. You're going to need to rob the bank again. That's a continuous thing. That's drugs, right? But these bad guys, these bad guys, are all driven by something that's greater than themselves. And the fucking, the lens might be dirty, the direction might be off, but I support some of their shit. Yeah, Killmonger. <sighs> Killmonger. Hey, yeah. I'm I'm trying to give weapons to the hood. My people <laughs> are getting killed every day. Yeah. And y'all motherfuckers out here got vibranium? <laughs> nah, fam, come up off that. Africa constantly like you give them some vibranium shield spears. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. So I think the thing is the heroes, they in the in this new age, they have to fucking uplift the heroes. They gotta give the heroes better lines than I wanna save America because I live here too. I want to save because I'm not going to let you hurt innocent people. Like they got to get better shit than that because I don't come to the movie for the cartoon Jones or the animated joints or the hero movies. I don't come there to see the heroes. I really don't. At this point in my life, I'm just like, yo fam, I know what you're going to do. You're going to get some new moves. Cap look great. If you compare Cap from Cap 1 to Cap 2 to fucking Infinity War, it's like a total... He gets a different package every year, a different gang of shit he can do with his shield every year. So I know he's going to excel. But the person he's fighting, they got some shit. They got some shit in them. And I think that's the driver. They need a better storyline for heroes to make to balance that shit out. Yeah, and I think they kind of did that with Falcon. Like he, I hated his suit, honestly. But that's, that's <laughs> Yo, you gonna hate the suit? I just, it just like when he was moving, it was cool. But like when he's standing there talking at the end, it, it looked kind of goofy. But hit like the whole idea that these villains were right. Like it, it kind of it's not as simple. Like basically, the issue was half of half the population of the planet came back, and you know the. The world governments, they went back to doing things the old way. So they immediately just pushed everybody back to their countries, no matter how starved or how, you know, how war torn the countries were. So those people were turned into refugees all over again, even though they just had five years of of kind of peace and not having to worry about borders. So they, you know, they weren't cool with that. And that's they were right to not be cool about that. Um, So for Sam to go from. I got to stop these guys because they're doing bad stuff because the government sent me here to him at the end saying, you know, talking to senators saying, hey, it's not that simple. You guys got to listen to these people and figure out what's going on. I think that was a good arc for him to go on. I would have loved to see Steve Rogers go through some stuff like that because, you know, Steve, he was so, you know, like 
It wasn't doing that to Steve, bro. Yeah, like Steve, <laughs> Steve would have just been like, all right, shut up, Carly. I'm going to kill you real quick. And then we're going to send your people, the refugees, back to their countries. <laughs> I would love to see Steve be challenged logically. Because, like, it, it's kind of easy for Sam to to see what they're feeling because he's black. Like, we know what what that what that ideology is like, you know, to be, you know, cast aside by the world. And they you were know? heavy. They were heavy with the Black Lives Matter shit. Yeah. Yeah, like the you don't think Lamar's life mattered. I'm like, man, that's a, that's a little, that's a little, <laughs> that's a little too cheesy. I don't know. They could have, they could have wrote that better. That was that was extra. I was like, man, I was like, like I stopped watching This Is Us because they was playing the COVID shit too tough. Like, oh, why, I, the, I, why the why the fuck is nigga cat playing Black Lives Matter so tough? Like, <laughs> or nigga bird? Excuse me, nigga cat is uh, Black Panther. Like that one line, it was just like it was just a little too on the nose. Like they should have, you know, been a little bit more creative with it because it was just like straight up, yo, you don't think his life mattered? I was like, damn. <laughs> um. So speaking about bad guys, Cap was the bad guy in Civil War. He was the bad guy in his own movie, and and I'm not saying that just because I'm Team Tony. I'm not saying that just because I'm Team Tony. But if you focus just on the Zemo, the the last scene where Zemo shows Tony what he shows Tony about his parents getting popped, like watch the dialogue between Tony and Steve that whole time. He has villain dialogue and it's pretty good. He's like, yeah, he didn't know. He didn't know. Yeah, I lied. My bad. He didn't know. He was like, hey, hey, Tony. Calm down. And Tony was just like, oh, you knew? He was kind of like, oh, you knew? Hey, hey, it was a part of the mission, Tony. Well, that's and- interesting. It's like, when, when, we got to think, when did he find that out, though? Because he thought that Bucky died in the 40s up until he saw him that day in Winter Soldier. So he didn't, so during Avengers, he didn't know. Um, he knew, but once we get to Winter Soldier, he knew. Uh, he at some point between Winter Soldier and Civil War, he found out that Bucky killed Howard Stark. So, so I wonder when was that? That's uh, Avengers Two. Yep. Between Avengers Two and War and Civil War, so a lot happened between Avengers Two and Civil War. But that's when that's when he found out, and I think he probably. Went to Shield and said, "Yo, my man's alive. Y'all ain't tell me. I know y'all got something to do with it. Ain't no reason my man alive seventy years later, and y'all don't know." Well, you got to think Shield. That would have had to happen during Winter Soldier because Shield was done. He found basically that happened at the same time. He found out about Bucky, and then you know Shield collapsed. So after Winter Soldier, there was no Shield. So there's really there was Nick Fury, there was Maria Hill, and the rest of Shield was destroyed. So he couldn't. I wonder, like, who could he have even asked? No, I think Shield was still Shield. Well, yeah, there was agents of Shield, so kind of like on the low, like after after everything crashed. So he, I'm sure he had to talk to somebody. But I wonder when did he find out? How long was he holding this in? Because that's a lot to hold in when you, especially when you're working with the food. <laughs> that shit was eating him up, bro. <laughs> I think that was his main motivator to fucking to winding with- Bucky in Civil War. I was like, yo, I got to find this motherfucker because Tony find him? 
<laughs> it's a wrap for my man's. He's like, I didn't now know. nobody from the twenties is alive but me. And then he, because the first thing he says, I didn't know it was him. So I wonder if he just found out that Howard Stark was killed by a super soldier that was on ice, and like, so he didn't know it was Bucky, but he could put he could put two and two together, and he realized, yeah, it was Bucky. Or he just found out, hey, look, he was killed, and it wasn't just a random ass car accident. Like he was killed. It was a it was a hit, a sanctioned yeah. hit. He just assumed like the person who was doing hits back then was Hydra, <laughs> you know, unfreezing Bucky, sending him out there to do the hit, and then they'll bring him back. This is my man Leon from Professional. <laughs> <laughs> so, so since we're talking about where Marvel fumbled, tell me. Tell me your biggest, your biggest Marvel fumbles. I got a lot. I got a list here, but I know you got some Marvel fumbles because you're deep in the game. My honestly, mine is kind of unpopular. I just it's you might laugh, but in Infinity War, I just hate that they still had Bucky using guns. <laughs> like <laughs> when you watch the Wakanda battle, like not even just like really Bucky as a whole. Like, I feel like they, they, they let him down. Like even in, in infinity war, when they, you know, they say, you know, Wakanda forever and they take off and cap and, and black Panther take off running ahead of everybody else. Bucky should have been right there with him. Bucky is just as fast. He should have been running. He shouldn't have been shooting endless ammo machine guns at those, you know, those aliens. He should have been ripping them apart with just like cap was, you know, I feel like, they do him wrong with combat and fighting. Like he shouldn't be shooting guns. He should be fighting just like the same way they they, they use Cap for fight scenes. They should be using Bucky. Um, some other ones. Uh, obviously, there's the Mandarin. I when I saw Iron Man three in the theaters, I thought it was I thought it was clever. I didn't have any like um, history with the Mandarin, so I didn't have like I wasn't the guy who knew all about Iron Man villains, so I didn't see it as like this big. Um, let down. I was just like, I love the trailer. I, I did feel a little let down because the trailers were crazy for Iron Man 3. Trailers were just like, you'll never see me coming. I remember that. <laughs> I, and I used to think, yo, this dude, whoever this dude is, he's going to be the craziest villain we ever seen. And then like, it was a joke the whole time. So I kind of thought it was funny. But yeah, I, I could see it like, if you really were deep in the Mandarin game, then I could see how that would really piss you off. And then now, what is it, 10 years later? Now we're about to get the real Mandarin. So I could see Mandarin being one of those. Uh, so Mandarin, a bad guy, had a very, very, very fucking good speech on that phone call. He talked about how you Americans made fortune cookies because it fits your stature. <laughs> What's a fortune cookie? hollow on the inside you got no guts with a piece of paper and he gave this long speech about fucking americans jacking asian culture and i was just like yeah fuck asians bro fuck americans too and then he said yeah and you'll never see me coming and i was like hold on that's that's a fucking white man bro that's massa. Like, who the fuck is that playing Mandarin? Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Uh, I really hate. I really hate the 
villain situation in Iron Man 3. I like who the villain ended up to be with that whole fucking blowing up shit. I like that. I thought that was great. But I thought the window dressing that they put on it to make it Mandarin was trash. Uh, the Another big fumble, Iron Man 1. When Iron Man breaks out of being in that little jail in fucking Afghanistan or wherever he was, there was a big-ass gun, a big-ass gun that you would see on a battleship, and that gun had painted on it, Fing Fang Foom. And if you read the comics, Fing Fang Foom was a dragon, a mystical dragon that was summoned by the Ten Rings or some shit. And the Ten Rings are ten rings that Mandarin wore to fucking give him, like, all his powers. Like, he had ten rings. Each ring had a power. Ice, fire, reality. They were almost like the Infinity Stones. And I think one of them was a piece of an Infinity Stone, and that's how he got his shit off. So, like, Mandarin was supposed to be a really, really dope nigga. And the ten rings were supposed to be, basically, all his powers. What they turned the ten rings into was... Organization. An organization, terrorist organization, fucking sleeper cells, art, art, uh, depicting reality. Uh, I really think Marvel fumbled with the first Hulk. Well, excuse me, the second Hulk movie. They fumbled the first Hulk movie, and nobody cared because Edward Norton shit was cool. If you go back and look at that Eric Bana shit, that first Hulk movie they made, it was super trash. I hate it. You talking uh, about the one before, um, the one like 2003? Or are you talking about the first one with Eric Norton? Well, the no, one with Eric Norton. Oh, no. The one with Edward Norton was like uh, 2008. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the one with Eric Bana was like 2002, 2003. Uh, Nick Nolte was in it. Uh, no, no. Yeah, because that one wasn't even in the MCU, was it? Nah, but it was super trash. Super trash. But the one with Edward Norton, that was a fumble because they introduced, they fucked up, they introduced two characters, two villains. They introduced Abomination and then they put him on the shelf. At the, at the end of the movie, he didn't die, he didn't get killed like most villains do. He went to the raft. He just went to the middle of nowhere. And then there was another villain that they created, the doctor, Dr. Green, or Dr. Blue, that helped out Edward Norton the whole movie. He falls down on the ground. Uh, Abomination's blood drips into him. His blood has Hulk's blood, the Gamma shit, and the Super Soldier shit. So the shit's dripping down into an open wound on his head, and you see him like laughing hysterically and his head getting bigger. That's supposed to be the leader. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's a big, big Hulk villain. Granted, Hulk hasn't gotten another solo movie. He'll never get another solo movie. Yeah, because of that, you know, contracts with Universal and all that. And fucking, you know, who the fuck wants to watch Mark Ruffalo for 90 minutes? I think if I think it could be fire because, I, well, another thing is you heard about the She-Hulk show that's coming. Yeah, I love I love the idea. So they say um, they've already confirmed that um, Abomination is going to be in that show. Um, they haven't said anything about the leader, but they specifically said uh, Mark Ruffalo is going to be in it. Abomination is going to be in it. So, and then another thing with Shang Chi and the and the Ten Rings, like I feel like they're trying to redeem 
all of their fuck-ups from the first phase with these shows, you know, because Shang-Chi, the Ten Rings, the Mandarin. The Mandarin is Shang-Chi's father in this movie. I don't think he is in the comics, but in the movies, in the MCU, he is his father. So we see the actual Mandarin. We see the actual Ten Rings in the trailer. Fing Fang Foom is rumored to be in the movie Underground in San Francisco, um, right where um, where Ant-Man is. So I wonder if we might see an Ant-Man cameo. You know, that that might be cool, too. Like, in the trailer, they're running... They're in that um in that bus in the in like behind the scenes shit, you can see the ground breaking underneath the bus as they drive it. So I think Fing Fang Foom is probably in that part of the whole movie. So I think all of that stuff, they're they're fixing it. The only the one thing they still haven't talked about is the leader. Like we're not gonna get a Hulk movie because Marvel and Universal gotta work something out to make that. But I think the She Hulk show, they're gonna do as much as they can with it, you know. Which I wonder how they're even going to do that with the CGI. That's got to be expensive. Because to have her green and big, the whole thing, I wonder what that's going to be like. I mean, yeah, that's that's another fumble. She-Hulk is another fumble. I think the TV, I think the TV shows have a few fumbles in between, uh, but nothing major. I think but, they're, they're good ways to establish side characters so that when we see them in the movie we feel more attached because i never cared about wanda i never really cared that much about vision but now like you the didn't next care about wanda bro Hold on. Hold on. I, like, like she was cool but it was like she was just like yeah she's there but like now if i see wanda in the next in doctor strange too like i'm gonna feel like i know her you know like that's i know that's that's my girl when i see falcon in the next movie when i see bucky i know them you know i feel like I'm going to feel just as close to them as like when you see Iron Man and, and, and Cap. Like you feel like you know everything about them. So you wasn't there with Wanda and Vision before? Like it took WandaVision and eight episodes of that shit to make you feel close to them? I, I feel like, well, Infinity War, I was feeling it. In Civil War, I, I, I kind of saw it, but like it, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, like they just random, like they were just randomly. In, in Civil War, they were buddies. You know, he was talking to her about Pepper Cash, and he was talking to her about people being afraid of her. But there was no like romance. And then in, in Infinity War, they just randomly like if you read the comics, you know that they become a couple and all that stuff. But like the movies themselves didn't show anything. It was just in Age of Ultron, he picked her up at the end of the movie. He gave her that look before he flew her out of the. the that was it. That's all I needed to say. <laughs> Cause like, cause to me that wasn't enough. So I saw that, and then you know, when you see in Civil War, he make the food with her. He talks to her about people's fear, and then she sends them to hell. You know, and when Hawkeye tries to show up, you know, she sent she sent Vision straight to hell. And then there was a look that he gave her on the airport scene. But then in Infinity War, they just they just the thing now. So it's like, WandaVision kind of put so much context to that. Then now I'm all in. Like now when I rewatch those movies, I feel it even more. So I know like Doctor Strange 2 that drops March next year, she's gonna be in it. I'm gonna be like, I know everything about her. And I feel like that's what these shows are meant to do, and that's what they're gonna do. Like we got uh we got Loki coming up. I'm already cool with Loki, you know. We we all love Loki. Um Miss Marvel. I was sad when Loki died in uh Thor 2 when he fake died twice. <laughs> That shit hurt. I was like, golly, they took my man out. And then he was right back. Yeah. 
right back. So <laughs> I think the shows are going to be a good way to because like they're not doing like Agents of Shield. Like these these people they put in these shows, they're going straight to the movies. Like like Maria Rambo, Monica Rambo, she's going straight to Captain Marvel two. Miss Marvel, she's going straight to Captain Marvel two. Falcon, he's getting to Captain America four. Like these people are going to be like it's good character development. It's like legit stuff. Like. And it's like, you probably don't have to watch the show to understand what's going on, but it's like, you feel so much more invested because you watch the show. I think the shows are, it's basically between the movies, all the shit that happens between the movies, boom, here's eight episodes Yeah. to explain like how Wanda got stronger, yeah. why she got a new fit, why Vision White. Here's eight episodes to explain all of that. Yep. Um, why? Because why like you really, if you think about Falcon and Winter Soldier, think about the last time in Endgame we saw them. All we saw was Steve saying, here's the shield. You're Captain America now. The next time we see him, he just is Captain America. You know, like in the next movie. Like if you never saw Falcon and Winter Soldier, you wouldn't have needed to see it. You would just seen that Endgame scene. And then the next time you see him in a movie, he is Captain America. He has a new suit on. Bucky is his right hand man, and that's just and you would accept that. But then making the show adds so much more context to it that like you feel it even more. Now I'm gonna give up some intellectual property, and I rarely do that on this pod <laughs> because I'm really specific about like, hey, you motherfuckers ain't gonna take my ideas. But I read some of the comic books, and in one of the comic book series. Captain America was Falcon. It was a black guy. And the Tesseract became a human being, became a person. And she was just like, yo, Steve Rogers, I need you over here with the Hydra folks. And I think she transferred his consciousness into another motherfucker. And boom, check it now. It's a double agent. It's Captain America, Steve Rogers, Captain Falcon together teaming up, doing cool shit. And the Tesseract is using this motherfucker, Steve Rogers, as a double agent to be Red Skull and doing shit for Hydra. If they brought that to the television screen, love it. Oh, like an evil cap? Yeah. I mean, because they're going to do the What If series. They're going to do the What If series. What if uh, Peggy Carter got the soldier serum and she was throwing a shield with the British logo on it? What if... And Steve Rogers had the suit. He had had the Iron Man suit. And what if Black Panther had Spider-Man powers? All this cool shit. So they're going to do all that. So if they're going to tap into the comic book world, you got to go in. You got to go 100%. Because we all know the movies they make aren't for the comic book population. Yeah, yeah. They just they, take it from there. They're taking bits and pieces. They water the shit down. It's if you want to compare it to music, it's a single. Yeah. Because you you listen to Puff Daddy, Mo Money Mo Problems, and that's just a cool, happy, go lucky song. You buy the album and you listen to P. Diddy and the family and it's victory on it. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking Black Rob all over it. It's fucking been around the world. It's it's a lot of different shit. So we all understand that 
this shit is a little bit watered down comic book topics, but some of the shit they got to keep it a buck on. And I, I feel like after it's been 10, it's been 11, 12 years, I feel like now they're starting to get a little bit more weird. Like WandaVision, they would have never did that five years ago. Like a whole show about somebody in a weird reality that they created, they would have never did that. We about to get, um, we about to get a show about Loki traveling through time. They would have never did that. A whole show about Loki, they would have said he's too boring. He's a side character. So I feel like they're they're going to experiment more and more and more as time goes on. Like we about to get a. Um, like this Miss Marvel show. Like I don't even know what to expect. Like it's just a little girl who loves Captain Marvel. Like I don't even know what to expect from that. We about to get um this Wakanda show. Then like I think that show could be crazy cuz basically from what we saw of the Dora Milaje and the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier if the show is about them just going around collecting vibranium artifacts or something like that's on another level. Like I think they're they're going to experiment. And even with the costumes like Every costume we've seen post Endgame is more comic accurate than we've ever seen. Like Wanda's costume, they gave it a comic accurate one. Falcons looks straight out of the comic books. They literally took his his suit from the comics and made it real. Just a Loki, different colorway. Yeah, they got the um, they got the Loki with the you know the presidential the suit on the green suit with the with the helmet on. Uh, Miss Marvel's suit is comic accurate. Monica Rambeau had the you know the black and white suit on so i feel like they're getting weirder they're getting they're they're less afraid you know they're just they're they're jump like they they already proved themselves with endgame they built up the endgame now they're just proving themselves that they can do whatever they want so that brings me to my next point is is marvel in the post thanos era trying to regain their audience because we got the post Thanos era, so basically the big buildup that took eight to ten years to come to a conclusion. Because if you watch all the Marvel movies, you know Thanos didn't just show up two movies ago. He showed up twenty movies ago at the end credit scene. And yeah. then his influence showed up eighteen movies ago in the middle of the movie. I mean, even if you look at Guardians of the Galaxy, the bad guy in Guardians of the Galaxy was motivated or hired for a gun for hire for Thanos. Yeah. So the post Thanos era without that big bad bully in the shadows is that going to be something where Marvel needs to do something to get their fan base back. They're going to have, are they, are they in rebuild mode? I think yes, but I don't think that's a bad thing. So I think there's a lot of people who weren't Marvel fans at all until infinity war hit theaters, like infinity war hit theaters. And we reacted so dramatically that it caused people to just be like, I got to see what this is all about. Like Endgame dropped. The reason Endgame did three billion is because people who had never watched a Marvel movie showed up to watch it too. Like people who, like so many people, started their MCU watch-alongs after Endgame came out. I mean, after uh, Infinity War came out, so they can get get ready for Endgame. Um, and I think Endgame did kind of end things for a lot of people, but it also began 
a love of Marvel for a lot of people. So the reason WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier are the most popular shows streaming right now is because of Endgame. You know, yeah, like, yeah, it cut a lot of people off. You know, it finished a, it finished an, an era for a lot of people, but it also started um, a love for a lot of people. So now um, we got Black Widow, we got Eternals, we got Spider-Man, and we got, what else we got? We got Shang-Chi. So this, you know, now we got more, we got new fans who have to kind of, who are, everything is fresh to them. Like they just, like they literally just watched the entire MCU two years ago. They're, they're, I think they're good. They're still fresh. They're, they're going to see this Shang-Chi trailer. They're going to see Black Widow. They're going to be like, I got to check this out. The casual fan who was there all along, yeah, they might have to be wild first by some, some footage from Black Widow. They might got to, you know, they got to be wild by some reactions to Shang-Chi first. They got to see what people are saying about Eternals before they get hype about it. So it is like a start over, but I think people are going to get back on pretty quickly, especially we got four movies dropping this year. We never had that before. We got Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, and then Spider-Man in December. Once that Spider-Man trailer drops, it's a wrap. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to see that, bro. What, the Spider-Man? <laughs> nobody. The you best Spider-Man. The best Spider-Man movie was The Amazing Spider-Man Two. Oh yeah, you tripping? <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. The Amazing Spider-Man. You sure you don't mean Spider-Man Two with Doc Ock? Absolutely not. With Toby? Yeah. You didn't no. think that was the best one? Absolutely not. I, I thought, thought that was the best character-fitting movie. Because they got everybody that looks like the character in a comic book. The shit matched what the comic book series kind of looked like a little bit. But when it comes down to best executed movie, Amazing Spider-Man 2. I've never heard that before in my life. I, I will die on this hill. That is like everyone's worst Spider-Man movie. Like that and Spider-Man 3 with Venom. <laughs> no. Please. I think I think visually, Amazing Spider-Man Two is some of the best visual. Like that's that scene in Times Square. Like I've never seen nothing that looked that good in a, in, a, in any comic book movie. Really, like the way the lighting, like because that's what Times Square looks like in real life. Like it's bright, it's it's colorful, and they had Spider-Man in there, you know, and electricity. I think that, and but and, and I own it, and I own it on 3D, so this shit looks even better when I'm watching this shit in the house. We're gonna have to come no back. Reason. We're gonna have to come back for another episode to discuss <laughs> Spider Man because I'm I can't I'm not prepared for this. But uh, Spider Man No Way Home that uh, Jamie Foxx is coming back as Electro. That's confirmed. He even already said he's coming back. They got Doc Ock from Spider Man Two coming back. So like something crazy is happening. I think this is gonna be the biggest Spider Man movie we have ever seen, and I think that's getting people back in real quick. So you like the new nigga. I, I think he so I think Toby was the best Peter Parker. I think Andrew Garfield was the best Spider-Man with the quips and like he was really clever. He was he became Spider-Man. He like from the comics and the TV shows and everything. I think Tom Holland is the best combination of both. Like he's not the most amazing Spider-Man, he's not the most amazing Peter Parker, but he's a really good solid middle. See the pun? You see the pun? He's ready to pod. He's we 59 minutes in, he's ready to fight. He said, I don't think he's the most amazing Spider-Man. I think he's a that solid. That was a shot. That was a shot. 
he's just he's he's like he's cool. He's a kid. He's really good. He's a good Peter Parker. He's a good Spider Man. He's not like the best of either one, but he's right there in the middle. And I and I I, I think I don't I don't see how Andrew Garfield or Toby would have worked in the MCU like like he does. I don't think Andrew would have worked if they made him be Peter Parker in the Marvel universe. Yeah. If they made him be solely Spider-Man, which is what Tom Holland is getting to outside of his own movie. In your own movie, you got to be both characters. But outside of his movie, you've never seen Tom Holland. You've never seen Peter Parker outside of a a Spider-Man movie. It's always Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man, Armor Spider-Man. Fucking Spider Man hugging Tony. That shit made me cry in the theater. It was super sad. Like fucking yeah. Oh, it smells yeah. like a new car in here. I was like, Oh yeah, that's my man. That's yeah, that's the type of stuff I don't think we could I don't think Andrew Garfield would have fit for that type of stuff. So tell me this. And this is uh this is DC, but tell me this. Uh who's the best Batman? Who's the best uh best Bruce Wayne? I don't think you're going to agree. So I think the best man, that's tough. Cause I think Ben Affleck is the best Batman. I like the old, like he been through some shit. He doesn't care about anything. He, he, Martha is not going to die. I'm killing every nigga in this fucking room. I like <laughs> um, Bruce Wayne. I say Christian Bale. Christian Bale was the guy was like, I'm a sat, I'm an, I'm a ninja. How, what do I, like, I remember I just recently rewatched Batman Begins, and when he gets back from fighting with Raz Al Ghul, he's like, "What am I supposed to do, Alfred?" He's like, "Cause Alfred's like, it's gonna get real suspicious when the most rich, the richest guy in the city sleeps all day, and he doesn't have any social life." And he's like, "All right, what am I supposed to do? Like, what does a rich guy do? He ha- he legitimately has no idea. Like, he had to be told by Alfred how to party." how to be Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne is his disguise. Like that's the lie. He really is Batman. So I feel like Christian Bale did the best job of portraying this Bruce Wayne who has no idea what it's like to be social because he'd been through so much shit. But then I like, I like the Ben Affleck, the more, you know, tough Batman. Like when he's Batman, he ain't playing. He he's going for it. So, (laughs) I have a split answer. So, present day, washed Batman, Ben Affleck. And it don't get no better in him because he gives, at least in the Justice League, the Snyder Cut, the fucking whatever movies he's been involved in, he gives the very washed, I'm big, I'm brolic, I'm not as fast as I used to be, so I got to depend on muscle. I got to depend on my gadgets a little bit more. I got to depend on my wit a little bit more. So that's Ben Affleck as the best present day Batman. If we're talking about regular-ass Batman like 1980s, 1990s Batman, it sucks to say this, but I'm going to say Val Kilmer. Okay. I can see that. <laughs> because that Val Kilmer was a soldier. He was he had the high and tight haircut. My man was out here whipping ass every chance you saw him, and he was tactical. His moves were real militant. It wasn't like martial arts, it was more military training. But 
if you go watch the Val Kilmer Batman Jones, that's like young young Batman, and then he turns into Ben Affleck Batman. Now, yeah. when it comes down to Bruce Wayne, George Clooney. He was pretty like suave about everything. He was that nigga. Like it hey. A rich nigga that can go get bitches. George Clooney. Yeah. A rich nigga that can go pull a bitch. Hey. Before you telling me rich, that's the point. <laughs> because if you already hey, if you know I'm rich, you know I got the Millie, I could be ugly. But this is George Clooney. He spent all that time on ER. He had the blue eyes. He had the good hair. He had the like that Drake everyday five o'clock Canadian shadow shit. Like, boom, he showed up and he had the cool tone. Hey. So what do you want what are you trying to do here, Poison Ivy? I'm just trying to help you out. Me and my friend Dick Grayson. Like he hit you with that line and it was like boom, it's over. I fell victim to Bruce Wayne. What so you think he, about Pattinson? So, <laughs> I think this is... So, you saw the movie with Michael B. Jordan, the Tom Clancy joint? Um, What is that called? Without Remorse? Yeah. No, I haven't seen it yet. So, Tom Clancy, whenever he makes a movie or a video game, you can't be pussy. And being his shit. Because yeah. he's got like real soldier training. He's got real soldiers like writing the shit, directing the shit. I think that's what's going to happen for Robert Pattinson in this Batman movie. He's got two glocks to make a bat symbol on his chest. Like that's that's super extra. And all we saw him in was Twilight. He's had a lot of like independent movies, like smaller stuff, but like nothing that we would have went to see. We, yeah. he, he was intended to. We never seen this nigga out here living. Like, like I literally never seen him. I saw him two or three times outside of Twilight in the Twilight series. So when I heard he was getting a Batman joint, and I was like, is Batman gay? <laughs> a lot of people say that his acting is like top level right now. Like They say that he left Twilight and he went... And he he worked on it like not like they say he up there now like he ain't he ain't to be played with so I, and then like the cast is crazy like you got Zoe as mm -hmm. um, Catwoman you got That's Colin Farrell as the Penguin you got I don't know the dude but they say he's a really great actor the one playing the Riddler like it, it looks like it's gonna be crazy I think it's gonna be a great movie I don't I don't stack. The Batman's in comparison to the other ones because I'm old. So like when I was when I was young, Batman one was the shit. Yeah, like Batman that. two was the shit, and then when they changed and they moved to Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, like fucking, I saw how they monopolized on that shit. And I saw just like Marvel movies, I saw how they watered that shit down to make that shit popular for everybody, like. McDonald's had this fucking Happy Meal sale with a coffee mug. So when you went to go to McDonald's, you got a coffee mug for Batman and Forever. I remember and that. one of the coffee yeah. mugs was Two-Face and it had the coins on the handle and it used to be like, yeah. 
that was the flavor of the month. Shit. So like I was there. I grew up through that Batman era when fucking uh what's his name had that fucking song that made you forget about the movie. Seal. When Seal had that fucking movie, A Kiss from a Rose. Oh, that was Batman? Yeah, that was a Batman soundtrack. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm about to call my mama. That shit. (laughs) They they used to go all in on movie advertising. Like, they used to put everything into it. Like, every fast food restaurant was that movie. Every, every every store every department store was selling t-shirts like they used to go all every commercial was about this movie like every pop like if you went to go if you wanted to go to a grocery store if you get got some pepsi it had that new movie on it like if you got some cereal it had that new movie like they used to go crazy with the, with the advertising yeah that that's that's the batman era yeah. <laughs> that's it that's the batman era and that's the shit that fucked us up because they started chasing that. They started chasing that dollar because, okay, Batman's Batman's important. Guess what? The soundtrack's important. So guess what? We got to go get Seal with the fucked up face to shoot a video for Kiss from a Rose with the Batman logo all over it, and that's going to help the movie sales. It was a terrible movie. It was a terrible fucking movie, but they watered the shit down. I pray Marvel never gets that bad. Uh, DC is rebuilding, uh, and I'm going to bring you back for a DC episode because I feel like we kind of owe it to the people. We've been heavy on Marvel today. Yeah, I feel like Marvel's Marvel. Marvel is they more low key about the dollar. Like every movie, somebody gets a new suit, and there, there's a reason for that. That's because you got to get a new toy. You know, they all every movie there's a new Lego set. Every movie there's new. Like I just bought my son today. Stormbreaker, a five foot storm, like literally a light, like it's bigger than me. Like it's a, like it's Stormbreaker, like what Thor would really have. Like these toys, they like they put all this stuff in the movies, but they don't really advertise that. As soon as you walk into a store, you ain't gonna see nothing but those toys. Um, they, they they're not as heavy with the like the um the food and TV marketing as they used to be, but they really they are still low key heavily heavily on the advertising, which I think is better. Yeah, but sometimes it gives away the uh, the movie when they do it. Like, if you go look for the fucking toys before the movie comes out, you see everything. Then you'll see exactly what the costumes are like. That's when I, that's when I saw uh, the Black Widow joint. She had the all white costume. That's when I saw the Task Rush- Yeah, the Taskmaster's a girl. The Russian America. Who had a shield and all that other cool shit. I saw that because I looked at the toys in Walmart that they were selling, and then they put the movie on pause for a year. Falcon suit leaked because the toys. Niggerbird. You keep calling him Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> He's Black Niggerbird, bro. African American <laughs> African American poultry. <laughs> So what you got? You got anything you need to promote? This has been a good episode. The World is Yours podcast, DJ World Premiere, and my man Dante R. You got anything to promote? Uh, no, I'm just I'm on this stock stuff right now. I ain't really you know, losing money every day. But oh shit, no, <laughs> we definitely can't talk about stock. 
I bought, uh, you know, somewhere around 5,000 shares of crypto. Which one? Uh, I spread it around, uh, but 2,000 was in Dodge, Doge, whatever they want to call it. Back when that shit was like point point three of a percent of a cent. I wish I was on it back then. Man, I was on it because I'm always, I'm on Reddit. So listen, if y'all want stock tips, please go to Reddit. Uh, FCC don't take this down inside of trading because I work at a wherever I work at. Don't take this down. But uh, so last year I went to Reddit and I saw everybody say, oh, yeah, this pandemic might be serious. If I was you, I would invest in hotels, rental cars. They were all airplane companies. They're going down. And they're going to do some shit to save themselves. And that's going to make you money. So I put bread in budget or enterprise or whatever the company is. And I put bread into it. And it was like $2, $3 a share. Put a lot of bread into it. A lot of bread. Like an embarrassing amount of bread. Like I didn't even tell nobody I did it because if it didn't work out, I didn't want to look crazy. Two, three weeks later, they filed bankruptcy. They had to sell their fleet. So their stock went from $2 to $56 per. And I had bought an an enormous amount of stock. So, oh, shit. Oh, shit. We won. Right? So I'm like, oh, shit. I mean, $200 dates. It's hundred dollar socks out here. You hear me? Two angles. You do the math. Like that's that's the type of shit I was on, and I sold it before it dropped, so I felt great. But I said, you know what? If I if I take if I cash out, I'm gonna have to pay taxes on this. Yeah, like twenty five percent. Yeah, and I hate paying taxes. Fuck Uncle Sam. Fuck uh, anybody named Sam. To be honest, <laughs> so. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I need to put this money elsewhere. So I started putting it in GameStop. I started putting it in fucking Dogecoin, Bitcoin, especially Bitcoin, because I was like, this is some secret shit nobody knows about. It's going to be great. This shit is so up and down. It's worse. It's the worst shit ever. Because like with my baby mama, I know a turbulent relationship, so I know when to like get the fuck out, when to jump in, when to jump out, when to block block her number. But with stocks, everybody keeps saying, "Yo, you gotta stick with it. You gotta ride the wave. You gotta it's, it's the long game, playboy." Like they say, this is stupid shit. And I've been with Dogecoin since they was like point two of a cent. And they went up to like 40 cents. And I was like, oh, I'm about to sell. No, 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 no. You're going to feel crazy when it hit $6. Yep. And the bitch ain't hit one. But it did. It hit up. It hit 0.74 at one point. You know what's crazy? You 74 cents. Yep. 74. <laughs> but look, I this is crazy. So I hadn't. I missed out on both Doge, uh, Dogecoin waves until April. 
I took $20,000 one morning and I'm like, I'm going all in on Dogecoin because the day before it had, uh, it went up 80%. I'm like, I'm going all in. So I bought $19,000 worth of Dogecoin at eight in the morning. By by eight in the morning, the next day, it was 52,000. And I I I didn't sell. I did the same shit. (laughs) I was like, no, this shit going to 70,000. I mean, no, this is going to 100,000. And then it crashed. It crashed all the way back down to 20,000. And then I sold like an idiot. If I didn't have, if I didn't sell when it went back down and it went back up to 70,000, it would have been 100,000. So I'm sick. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was having a bad week, too. I was having a bad week. I was like, man, like that would have made my, my whole year to make 30 bands in, in one day. Yo, don't, don't ever come on the pod and tell like the saddest stories like that. <laughs> just cry for me, everybody. Just cry for me, girl. Just cry for me. I've Bro, cried. I can't do it anymore. I need y'all help. That's a lot of money. 30000 in one day. I was having the worst week of my life. And I'm just like, here's 30000 in one day. And I just didn't sell. I just didn't take it. Because I'm thinking this going... Because you don't read it. They'd be like, yo, it's going to the moon. <laughs> they say it's going to the yeah, moon. I'm there. I'm there. I'm, I'm on Reddit for the porn and for the stocks. That's <laughs> the only reason. And for the comic book shit. That's and the was, only reason I'm on Reddit. I fell for it. I was so... I fell for the hype. I'm like, this 52000 this is going to turn into 150000 So I'm So I, I sat there and it went down. It started going down. It's 45000 I'm like, man, it's going back up. It go to thirty five. I'm like, it's going back up. It go to thirty thousand. I'm like, man, I don't think this is going back up. <laughs> and then I sold. Literally two weeks later, thousand would have went up to a hundred thousand if I would have just if I would have just held, freaking out. But yeah, y'all just cry for me real quick. That's crazy. Yeah. Don't ever don't. I, I know this shit's on wax and it's just gonna be out here forever uh, on SoundCloud, on Apple, on Apple Podcast app. But outside of this audience, which is, you know, close to like 600, don't ever tell anybody else. <laughs> That's like, I'm going to tell my kids about that one. Like, yo, your dad was almost a millionaire, but, you know, I was stupid. Oh, no, no, no. I do that shit all the time. Hey, I tell my kids all the time. Hey, look. So you see this shit, the movies they talk about where they're like cooking, cooking up crack and shit. I could do that. But I said, fuck that. I'm going to work like a regular person, like a, like a hardworking blue collar employee. And my kids look at me and I'm like, so you could have been a drive boy? And I'm like, hell yeah. We all could have. They said, yo, how could you treat us? How could you cheat us of this, of this lifestyle? You see me on brown? You wearing all black, Cuba links, fedora? <laughs> Knife and a cane. But now instead, we can't even open two boxes of cereal at the same time. <laughs> Facts. And then I say, look. Nino got it like that, but at the same time. Like, we're black. Like, what if I fucked up the pack? <laughs> what if I fucked up the pack? And like we still on food stamps, <laughs> <laughs> then you still mad? Yeah. 
But yeah, this the stock stuff. That's that's the new that's the new crack. You just got to figure it out. Like I made fifteen hundred today, but I'm still you know it ain't nothing because I could have had fifty thousand. You know what I'm saying? So it's like take a road trip to rob your ass, man. <laughs> you just got to learn it. You just got to you got to be on Reddit. They be freaking out in Reddit. Like they literally would be like, "This thing is this stock is going crazy." Do buy it now. You go to look at it. The stock done shot up. You just got to know how to like, how to watch the numbers. That's all. See, I got uh, Uncle Wisdom from a cookout. So my drunk uncle who was working the grill, he dropped some gems on me, free jewelry. Uh, and he said, hey, look, you want to know about stocks? Go to your local college. Find out all the kids in the science department. Find out who's studying meteorology. And I said, what the fuck is that? We we fucking looking for space events? Nah, nah, kid. Nah, we looking for weather trackers. Because if you can track the weather, you can track the price of heating oil. And you'll always be rich. Utilities are always a big point in stocks. So if you can find somebody that can track the weather when it's the coldest, the utilities for oil, the utilities for electricity, for for heating purposes in those in those cities or states, those are the highest. When it's hot outside, those utilities are the lowest because what they do is, hey, you live in West Virginia. You got a heating oil tank in your yard. It's a tank of 200 gallons. You're going to fill your tank up every July, right as rain. We're going to have a sale on the oil for that tank at blank amount per gallon. Your tank is blank amount of gallons. So we're going to make a lot of money in the summertime when it's hot because that's when you're going to buy. You save up. You literally save up all year long. So you can fill up your tank either a, qu- a quarter, a half, or a whole during the hot months when the oil is low. And if you aren't one of those privileged people, you're going to spend more money in the wintertime when it's cold. And I said, God damn, that's a really good idea. So I started looking up utility companies. So if you can predict the weather, you can predict the price of heating oil, and you'll do great in stocks. But or you but you have to live on that shit. Yeah. And when I say live on that shit, I mean like put $60, put $600 in it, and let that bitch sit for a year. <laughs> it, you got to forget about it. Yeah, you can't, you can't, I'm, you know, I'm a nigga. I want my money back. Hey, as soon as I see it go up $2, hey, hey. <laughs> like, what you want? You want some popcorn for dinner? <laughs> nigga, we have a truck tonight. Nigga, we celebrating. <laughs> man, get that extra guac at your pole, man. I got it. I got not, it. Not the extra guac. <laughs> no, <laughs> chill out. <laughs> I might get extra steak, but I'm never getting extra guac. <laughs> Queso, hey, yeah, bitch. Put the queso in a separate cup too. I got it. I got that. I got that all day, bitch. What you want? Apple Pay. 
<laughs> but yeah, those are the weirdo, you know, kids on Reddit, like they be making crazy money. Like sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta, you gotta kind of just move in with them. Like you gotta really see what they're doing, what they're talking about. Cause they, they'll have, they'll be just some random weirdo kid living at, at home with his mom, but he got four or $500,000 mm-hmm. in the bank. And he mm-hmm. trade, he, 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 and he's risking it all every single day. Like he's literally taking 500 bands and he's risking it. And he's coming back the next day with 700 because he has nothing to lose and he doesn't care. He has no social life. He has no girlfriend. He just risking everything he owns every single day. And that's sometimes you got to live like that. Like, Sometimes, like I, my my logic, sometimes is like I either want to make it or I don't want to make it. You know, I, I ain't trying to have no modest life. I'm trying to either I'm trying to either get it or not get it. I don't know if I got it like that. See, <laughs> see? I'm trying to I, get it or not. I get mad because I'm like, yo, I went to Vegas, and my first time in Vegas, I made like thirty seven, thirty seven hundred in less than twelve hours. So I I was crazy. My brother was there with me. Yo, you want a bottle of liquor? Let's go to the let's go to the hotel. Let's go to the hotel lobby and buy a bottle of liquor. That's true. And the bottle of liquor that will cost you twenty dollars at the crib costs three hundred dollars. I can't do it. I bought two of them. <laughs> and and literally left an enormous amount of tip and signed that shit. Took a picture of it. Me and my brother was laughing. Oh yeah, we rich motherfucker. We balling. I could have took that fucking profit and hit the goddamn blackjack table. Yep. Saddest shit in my life. You but now I'm a little cheaper. I'm a little older. I'm a lot blacker. <laughs> I'm a lot blacker than I was ten years ago. So now I'm like, hey, I'm trying to build a foundation, basically. <sighs> Hey, we took this money out the 401k. We got to put it back. <laughs> so so before we start having fun, we got this point to launch off of before it's actually profit. Hey, I took this loan out. I got to pay this back at 15%. So I need to pay this back in the 15%. And I put some money in my pocket before we can start spending credit money extravagant. Uh, so that's the difference. But that's funny because uh, I think all black people think alike when it comes down to uh, spending money frivolously. I think yeah. it's how we were raised. A lot of times you have nothing. So it's like when you get something, you're like, let me enjoy it while it's here. Because you never knew your parents had money. Yeah. Your parents, in, in your eyes, your parents never had money. Right, cause yo, can we go to McDonald's? Yo, I ain't got you got McDonald's money. Hey, I got this accelerated reading, free ticket for personal pan pizza with one topping. Hey, but we a family of eight, my nigga. What's the other seven people going to eat? <laughs> Try to go to the book fair. You got two dollars on you. Everybody else got fifteen. <laughs> you got you can get. You ain't get no book. You might get some. some pencil. <laughs> You can't even get a bookmark for two dollars. <laughs> you gotta get a pencil <laughs> or an eraser. <laughs> to put on your pencil that you already had. Yo, you about to make me go call up my parents and have a therapy <laughs> session at what? eleven what? o'clock at night. 
Why didn't you love me? <laughs> All right, so peep it. Uh, the world is yours. DJ World Premiere Dante. Next episode, we're going to talk about DC shit. I know we was heavy in the Marvel shit. A lot of y'all don't like DC comics and their movies. But with the Snyder Cut dropping a four-hour fucking movie, Aquaman, Wonder Woman 2, Wonder Woman 1, all the cool shit that DC's been doing. DC's been taking over TV before Marvel took over TV with their private channel on Disney+. Plus. DC's been doing it in the public. So we're going to talk about DC on the next go-round. Please join us. Go DJ has dropped three mixes in the last three days. I'm really good at what I do. Dante, where can they find you at? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Aliens Built the Pyramids. Uh, if you're on Snapchat, it is Giveth No Fucketh. And, and ladies, he's in shape. He runs a lot. So I don't know if that means anything to y'all. He's got threads. Uh, we don't have any video for this episode, but we're getting video coming on the YouTube channel. Uh, but he's very in shape. Uh, what's your situation, sir? I am very available. Uh, I don't care what you look like as long as you're bad. Oh, see? He's a zaddy looking for a baddie. I uh, love that's- cleaning and cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put the seat down. I'm, I know what a shallot is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What? I know what it is. The ladies know what I'm talking about. So, he's he's Chef Bay. Yeah. Oh, man. So, check this out. And by the next episode we drop for the uh, DC episode, we might have video. If we don't, check, check me out on Twitter, Pod. And check me out. The world is yours. That when it snows, my eyes become alive And the light that you shine can't be seen A man can tell you so much he can say You remain my power, my pleasure, my pain Baby, to me you're like a grown addiction that I can't deny 
Won't you tell me is unhealthy, baby? But did you know that when it snows, my eyes become large and the light that you shine can't be seen? So much a man can tell me, so much he can say. You remain my power, my pleasure, my pain. To me, you're like a grown addiction that I can't deny. Now, won't you tell me, is a healthy baby? But did you know that when it snows, my eyes become large and the light that you shine can't be seen? Joel. 